Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews and recommendations for whatever we read that week. Amy, what did we read this week? We read Book Lovers by Emily Henry. Yay! Which was a recommendation to Kimberly from the library app. It was! <laughs> you might be interested in... It's because we borrowed it's our Beach we, Read from the library. And I think. I think I borrowed Beach Read like 12 times <laughs> because I borrowed it and then got distracted and didn't read it. And then I was like, oh, I better borrow that out again. So I think the library was like, wow, she really likes Emily She Henry. really liked Beach Reads. <laughs> our algorithm suggests... I enjoyed I picked it and was like, yes, because it's summer holidays in Australia. We've just finished, like, come out the other end of our school summer holiday break. And I feel like Emily Henry is a very, like, summer holiday author in my brain because of Beatry. Yeah, because that was our first. Yeah. Our first Henry, comma, yeah. Emily. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's why we read it. That's All right. We, well. And that was a thrilling tale. Kimberly, can you do the spoiler-free <laughs> recap for Book Lovers? Okay, so Book Lovers is... A contemporary. It is. It's contemporary it's... and it is set in New York for most of it and then in a small town. In North in, Carolina. There you go, North Carolina for the rest of it. And it centres around Nora Stevens. Stevens. Yeah, oh, good work. So it centres around Nora Stevens, who is an agent, a literary agent. And so, she's, like, kick-ass. She's really great. They nickname her, like, The Shark. And she basically... She doesn't know that, though. No. <laughs> much, much later Well, on. until, like, maybe the first chapter seven, or whatever. So she has a writer who is sort of her oldest and longest standing client and she wrote oh it doesn't kind of imply she writes chick lit or anything like that but whatever she writes this book a kind of small town romancy style thing yeah and it's set in a real town called something falls sunshine falls yes oh 50 percent of the way there too i'm so <laughs> proud of myself sunshine falls and basically the book is a smash hit and a big success and she kind of is riding high on the back of that. She's had a bunch of boyfriends. We know when we Not meet really. her. But they all leave her. <laughs> she, she, she talks about, like, the trope of, you know, the, the hero moves, has to go to a sea change to a little country town. Yeah, to, like, and- <laughs> to like save, to, like, buy the hotel and he's got for this, his chain or whatever. He's got this girlfriend who's basically the fiancé in While You Were Sleeping. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so she's, she's you know, big city and... and Slick back to ice blonde Absolutely, hair and, and, and just all about bike. her career and rowdy, rowdy, rowdy. And she's like, in, in that story, she's like, I'm the city girlfriend. So she keeps getting dumped by these men who go to small towns and realise that's where their heart lies or whatever. Anyway, so she has a sister who she's incredibly close with. They lost their mum. They lost their mum when Libby was like 16 and Nora was, I guess, in her 20s or something. She was a little bit older. And she's like very protective of her sister Libby, who is pregnant with her third child. And so Libby, basically Nora would do anything for Libby. So the main kind of plot of the book is driven along or propelled by the fact that Libby has seemed off and really distant from Nora, which is unusual for the last, like, couple of months. And they're kind of struggling financially, but will never let Nora help and blah, blah, blah. So she's like, maybe it's all of that. But she just out of the blue is like, I want you to go on a holiday with me. And Nora's like, we haven't left New York in ages. She gets kind of anxious whenever she, she likes travels to be away in from control. home. Yeah. And Libby's like, I want you to come on a holiday with me. And she's like, fine, 
I'll do it. I will go on a holiday with you for because three weeks you. or one month or whatever. Yeah, basically. She's like, because it's you asking, I'll do it. And she's like, great, we're going to Sunshine Falls, the birthplace, the home setting of this book that Libby absolutely loves because they're like just her kinds of books and she adores them. And so off she goes to Sunshine Falls. While there, Libby comes up with like this list of small town romance tropes that they've got to try and achieve before the end of their stay. <laughs> Most of them are. Nora has to go on at least two dates with a local, yeah, buy things, a flannel shirt, yes. go skinny dipping, paddle so, ride a horse, My favorite, like My favourite was save a small local business in like the three <laughs> weeks that they're there. Yep. Anyway, fun. While she's there, she meets or no, no, kind no, of no, not meets. No, it was before that, prologue. She, yeah, but she kind of reconnects with a an editor, a really – he's not super famous, but I suppose in the literary, New York literary scene he probably is. But he's a, a well very respected, well-respected book editor. Terrifying who she has met before and did not like at all. She kind of meets him in this small town and then it's quickly revealed that it is his hometown. But he, like, pretty much hates it but has had to come back to help his family. And they just kind of – then there's a lot of plot. Like, so many other things happen, but the main kind of heart of it is they get to know each other and things aren't as they seemed or as they expected them to be. And really, anything other than that is just me recounting the plot. You know they're there. Some things are going to happen. It's a contemporary romance, in case we didn't say that. Yeah, but all I will say to you moving forward is it's not – it doesn't, like, walk those, oh, this is just, like, sweet home Alabama (laughs) in book form. It's absolutely not that. Like, it's not the small-town romance – novel that it kind of keeps referencing all the way through the book it's not just a kind of ironic recreation of that no so yes lots of plot yes it's contemporary romance yes it is kind of a small town thing no but it's, it's not, not sweet home alabama no but it's not what you expect it to be all right that's it so amy i went first for spoiler free so you get to go first what did you think of book lovers i loved it it was Aww. a book and i loved it I just finished it today. I've been racing to finish it, and yep. I didn't really sleep last night because I did that thing where I tried to finish it, and yep. then it clocked over to after midnight, and then I was like, sleep was like. Chose some better choices. <sighs> and so I finished it today on the bus, and I had a bus cry, and there's a moment in the novel where the character of Nora is talking about how like she's on the footpath, and she's emotional, and no one is acknowledging her at all. That's because her mum always said, you're not a real New Yorker until you have had like a hysterical like cry, like a sobbing, body-wracking cry on the subway or on the footpath or somewhere in public and, <laughs> and no, no one, one has acknowledged attention. it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the character, this person walks past and not making any eye contact and just gives her a tissue. But no one paid any attention to me on the bus and I was like, <laughs> I feel like I feel like novels that make you cry in public are pretty spectacular books. I have cried on a bus and a train. One was a bus in New South Wales. I was finishing Of Mice and Men. No, it was Melbourne. I was there with you. Oh, Mel- well, Victoria then. Yeah. Of Mice and Men. And the other was Tuesdays with Maury. And I cried at the end of both of them. And I will also say that you chose to read both of those books back to back. This was in the one holiday we had together. It was. I know. It was like... You were it weakened was the, emotionally. It was the holiday <laughs> Kim reading inappropriate, sad public material transport. on public transport. Yeah. But both times it was like this... Like this kind of spiritual woman was following me 
for that whole holiday because both and in my memory they've been melded into one I only rec- I only remember one face but this sort of middle-aged to older woman kind of just caught my attention with a gesture cuz I was obviously reading this book and having a big She old probably cry. had a tissue somewhere in her 100%. handbag. Yeah. And she was like I didn't say anything just kind of gave me that like mm-hmm. are you okay searching look and both times I just held up the book that I was reading and she I was like ah oh. And just kind of nodded her head and gave me a bit of a shoulder. Like, yeah, what do you expect reading the book that on? What's it called? Solidarity. So it it. was. It was a look of solidarity. And both times she kind of just then followed it up with that, I'll leave you to it kind of gesture. I'll leave you to it. I didn't even get any gestures. No, I did. I I felt like I was quite supported in my public book-related cries. Only reason I had a tissue in my handbag was because I just was on my way back from the dentist where I'd had a meltdown when they said... I feel like when they mentioned a needle. I feel like you were more emotionally compromised. I was well, but it was you know how I always cry. You do, but this was I don't usually cry on the bus. I normally Uh, like have my like teary romance novel moment, you know, at home on the sofa. So loved it. Main reasons why. Yeah, I really liked how the central like theme through it was belonging. Yeah, I always really like that when it's a. A sort of underpinning theme in a book. Yeah. And I really liked that the other sort of key plot relationship was between sisters. Like in Frozen. I remember when we watched <laughs> Frozen and I was like, oh, she's this prince. Are you serious? And you were like, yeah. it's not what it seems. I was and like, give it a like, minute. Yeah. And we were like, that's actually about the relationship between these two sisters. Yeah. And that and was that's the love that the, the love yeah. in the in the narrative. And, like, there was a line I really vividly remember where she describes, like, the relationship with her and her sister had been, like, two overlapping circles, but yes. now it's become a Venn diagram. Yeah. And that that was, like, breaking her heart. Yeah. So it was it was very moving. It was very real. And from the, from the first page where she starts describing all of those tropes. Yes. I knew exactly. It was such a great way to introduce that character. You knew exactly yep. what you were dealing with. I knew what world I was dealing with. Yep. You knew the voice because it's first person present tense, which sometimes annoys us. Yes. But I actually didn't really notice it. No, me neither. And, you know, even though this is quite a um, steamy book at times. There and that can steamy moments. Quite, that, that can be I actually difficult have a to read I in have, first person present yes, tense. Yes, 100%. I actually have a comment about the steaminess. The steam? Mm-hmm. Okay, then make the comment. Oh, do you want me to do it now? I invite your comment. Oh, my goodness, I've been invited. I've got to put hashtag steamy romance at the tags for this episode. You sure do. So I listened to the audiobook. (laughs) Right. I don't know. I'm surprised. What was present tense, uh, first person present tense steamy romance like? So there are kind of two, maybe three, I think, yeah, there are three main kind of sex scenes that build in their explicitness as it goes on. It wasn't like it wasn't it was like Regency novel explicit though. No. It was just read the book, you'll find out. Anyway. Yeah, right. It was I feel like for me, it was because the two characters shared which had been believably established yeah. through action, not just by being like, I have an intense connection. <laughs> but it had been de- demonstrated that they shared this really intense understanding of each other and this mutual connection. So I think for me the sex scenes were just very intense because of that. They just yes. seemed very real and very intense. Yeah. Which felt I agree. Weirdly voyeuristic. But my that was not my comment. My comment about it was 
I, spoilers, also thoroughly enjoyed this book, why I recommended it to you and was like, we should definitely do it on the podcast. I loved it. Really loved it. Really got into the characters. We're making talk this about, a morphed collaborative. I know, I know, I know. I can talk about okay. that more later. That's but okay. I loved it so much. So I was listening to the audiobook. My headphones were flat because I never charged. Are you charged. listening to it out in the open in front of your children? Yes. And my, <laughs> and my five-year-old Peter has not gone to like daycare or anything since just before Christmas because he's off to school next year, right? So he's just been, like, in the house doing his thing. He's very autonomous, so he's, like, just off playing some kind of complex game. What did he repeat back to you or ask for feedback on? No, this is my point. This is my example of how much I liked this book. Okay. We reached the point where they were like, I just want to be with you. I want to be with you as well. And I was like, right, this is a sex scene. I skipped it. I just skipped it. I was like, skip, 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 until he was like, do you want me to drive you home? <laughs> and I was like, great, so that's over. And then I listened to the remainder of the book. Never felt the need to go back. So I, my but point is... It was I too was steamy so, for you? I was so engrossed because my options were... Stop. Stop. Oh. And pause the narrative right. and put it aside until I could presumably listen to it awkwardly on my own. Or um, just pick up the book and read it. Well, I couldn't get a physical copy from the library. I oh, all of them were out. I only yes. normally I get both when I do an Emily I purchased Henry. it. That's, that's right. right. You read it first. I so couldn't. You, I just yeah. had the that's library. That's why I purchased audiobook. it because it was like you the can have the hold in twenty one exactly. weeks. Exactly. Like, oh so I was like, my options here are wait till Peter is asleep or somewhere away from me to listen to yeah. this really inappropriately <laughs> steamy sex scene, or skip be it read to you. and get yeah, be read to me by this woman. Or skip it and then get to see what happens with them in their relationship. And I was so invested in the story and in the characters that I was like, skip, 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 skip. Characters need to know what happens. Yeah. So she has written in this book, she being Emily Henry, some characters who, because I, I was worried when I read the synopsis, it was like two rivals, one holiday. I was like, you can't do this. We hate each other. Yeah. But she like, doesn't do that. She no. does. We don't understand each other. Hers is not the hate to love Hers trope. Hers is a little Hers bit Hers is of the, we made a bunch of, mistakes. it's more pride and prejudice. We made a bunch of assumptions about each other. And those assumptions, we just, like, we really ingrained them and that that's how I have viewed you for a long time. And then when forced together, they are like, oh, you're not who I thought you were. And, and yeah. that happens quite early on in the book. Like, it that happens oh, yeah. very Chapter early six. on. Yep. It's, it's quite, I mean, there's like 38, 37 chapters and an epilogue in the book. Yeah. Yeah. So because she didn't do that, and I should have just had faith yeah. that she wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't have recommended it to her. The two characters were really likable. I loved both of them so both much. Them. And I just wanted he them to was be really happy. really nice. They were both, and this is, I remember this from Beach Read, they were both mature adults yep. who talked about their feelings. Yep. And they didn't do that, <laughs> like, I remember you saying that, I think, about Beach Read, that, like, there wasn't any sort of misunderstandings and, and you know what he she says i know that he really values honesty yeah i'm just going to talk to him about it rather than make a silly thing about it things. and the thing mm. that i love about they that, communicate that's the word i was yes. trying to look for and what i love about that and it and in the two i've this is only the second emily henry that i've read she, so far only written like two or three no right? she's written a ton oh really yeah and there's another one coming out this year apparently well there would be she's Getting a lot of success. She They'll is. They'll be leaning into her. Mm. Anyway, the thing I like about what she does is, 
life is complicated, and if you're going to yeah. have a love story in set contemporaneously between two successful people who are living their lives but just happen to be single and are maybe, I would say, any older than 25, particularly older than 30, absolutely this and is true. These two you are in their early, mid-30s. Early to mid-30s. It is so unnecessary to add complications of they cannot communicate with one another. I'm not saying Mm. it's unrealistic. I know there are lots of people and lots of couples out there that struggle, really, really genuinely struggle to communicate, and that's a genuine kind of – that's a a realistic, I guess, barrier to people working it out and staying together. But I just really love that you don't – it doesn't have to be there. That doesn't – you don't need it in order – there doesn't need to to be some misunderstanding. And to make the story have tension – and drama. There was so much at stake in this book and there was so much tension and the main stumbling block for them just being together and being happy was about that thing in romance novels that I am always so aware of and so nervous when authors bring it up because it makes me, I'm always like, oh, if this gets mismanaged, I'm going to hate it. It's that idea that in order to be together, someone has to compromise everything. Yeah. Like everything they want and everything they are has to be broken down and reconstructed in order to make this relationship work. And I liked that that was their barrier, that they were both like, I like my life. I don't want to burn it to the ground to join my life with you. But I also like you. What do we do? And I feel like for me, that was already having to make all these compromises for his family. For his family. But it's like, that's such a realistic... That's such a, for me, such a realistic barrier to modern romance is that idea of our lives are so busy and so complicated. Meeting someone at 30 and being like, let's smush our lives together, invariably very difficult to do. It was, I think that was why I had my big bus cry. Me too. I cried in this book as well, and I don't normally. No, you don't. You're like, I felt a slight twinge of emotion. Well, <laughs> and no. I loved the book. I'm like, I cognitive, I cognitively could identify the point at which Amy cried. <laughs> is usually what I think. I'm like, and hey, this is when Amy will cry. But in that book, no, I was like quilting away, listening to my audiobook, having like a big old weep. Yep. It because it is, it's very plausible. It's very realistic, but it also has that nice sort of transportational space that you oh. go into when you read. Yeah. And the character Nora is Libby gives her a bit of flack the sister about how Nora's method of picking a book is to read the last page yeah. and then go hmm. decide if it's worth her time and then she might go back and she's like well I have to for like when I read books from my authors because they don't give me the whole book they yeah. give me it in little bits of increments that was legitimately how I purchased most books at bookstores to read the last page I would go in oh, I'd go into the so mystery cute. section yeah. I'd read the last two pages and I would go yeah, okay, I'll go buy that. So I'd always read the last two pages for any Agatha Christie, which pretty much tells you who did it because Poirot waits till the very end. Wow. That's the worst. That is the worst kind of book to do that in. I would do no, that in like a... I don't, because then I like having spoilers. Okay. I know we promised to do a spoiler-free recap, but I like knowing what happens because it So Amy is not an avid listener of our podcast. She's like, God, I'd listen if they gave me some spoilers. No. Bloody hell. <laughs> But like in TV shows, I like knowing where it's going. Fair enough. So you found her very relatable. Yeah, even though she makes a big deal of like, I'm a trope, I'm a trope. She's not. They're She's quite not. complicated. She's more than they're that. They're human beings. Yeah. 
but she that's sort of how she introduces herself without yeah. that terrible, I looked in the mirror and this oh. is who I saw. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> Actually, that is another thing that I wrote down. Once again, she is very tall and she's blonde. That's all I know about her. I have this was the same in Beatread. I made this comment in Beatread. Emily Henry does not do that stupid thing in first person that is so clunky and awkward where they in the first two pages of the book look in the mirror to describe themselves physically so that you as a reader can picture them. I don't need to. I don't want to date her. Works, I just want to be hey, her it best works friend. in Pride and Prejudice. You have no idea what the Bennett girls look no. like, except they're remarkably handsome. Exactly. <laughs> and that's all. And it was only, it was important to the, I can't remember why her being blonde. Oh, because they do a hair thing. And so she changed her hair no, colour be- or whatever. Because it was this sort of icy blonde. Yeah. She's meant to be really cold. And, and she's tall. That's yeah. all we knew. Which and is, I loved uh, it. has a sort of comedic plot point yeah. later on. I really liked the sort of this ridiculous small town. I liked the relationships, you know, not just Nora and Charlie, the hero, but the other supporting relationships that existed. Me too. I really liked that. Yep. And it had that sort of, like I said, transportational idyllicness, but it was a lot to connect to. And there were so many bits that I tried to copy, to highlight and copy from the Kobo book to text to you, but it doesn't no, let you copy you and to. paste. Yeah, well, but where it was just like describing a sort of something book related. Yeah. I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. So I loved it. I'll reread it again. So I'll treasure this one. Yeah. Okay. I thought that I, th- I felt like every time I thought it was going to kind of degenerate into cliche, it didn't. No. So I thought it was a really well plotted book. I felt like there was there are lots of things that happen, which is why I'm, I wouldn't go into any more detail in the recap, but there's so much more to it than that. And I found the plot very interesting and engaging. And, yeah, the their romance is not always the key kind of central part of it either, and it's so much no. there's a lot of friendship in it that I think is really important. And family. And family. And the other thing that I really like about Emily Henry again, only going two for two, there are people in it who you're like, yeah, you're not the person I would date, but there's no one in it you hate. There doesn't need to be a villain in her books. And I always really like that because, again, it avoids this whole kind of caricature or tropey way of writing. So I found it was excellent. I loved it and will definitely read it again. Absolutely read it again. It had some similarities to Beach Read and that, you know, they're on a holiday. This in a was small my fear. Town. That's, I forgot to mention that. I was so worried. That was my biggest worry in when I, when the library was like, do it. The covers look almost identical. It, but but Nora is nowhere the same as January. Absolutely in, not. But there's this nice little nugget at the end where she gets a January Andrews book There's a couple of times where that happens, and I really like it. Buys the Family Marconi as well, which was a was the name of his book. January's book. Oh, no, it was his book. You're yeah. right. Yeah, the, the two of them were not those two characters, and I really, really liked that. So even though they had the same sort of initial, like, in small town... Well, in small town, on holiday, in the book writing industry, I was like, oh, Emily Henry, branch out, babe. Like, I'm happy. No, Emily Henry. I'm okay. (laughs) Don't branch out. Don't do like some other ones that we've read where they're like, I'll branch out by just adding additional romance threads that you have to follow for like six different characters' plot lines. Keep going, Emily. We'll read it again. Recommend it. Highly recommend. Very fun. 
holiday coming up or you're just like, go away, everyone. I need, I'm I going to. I need to smile. I'm going to a cafe for yes. four hours. And I was I'm funny. I laughed out loud. I cried. Yep. All of those things. The only other thing I will mention for audiobook people is I have now gone on to another Emily Henry because I've really enjoyed this one. And so this week I'm reading another one. And it's the same audio lady. The same woman reads all of her books. Red Beach Read reads oh, book And lovers. that's okay with Franny Fisher because it's one voice. And it's voice, Or it's okay but... in like Thursday Murder Club where you're like, this is the Joyce. This is the voice Joyce. of Joyce. But she plays different characters every time because all the books are standalones. So I had to, I was listening to it and I was like, oh, no, no, this is Nora. Nora's happily settled with What's-His-Face. This is fine. And so I had to put it aside and read a Franny Fisher instead. And then I listened to a little bit of that audiobook and read the novel and then I could come back. So you can back to back Emily Henry unless you're back to back audio booking because you'll get a little bit confused. It was a bit it was a bit weird. Yeah, I was like, okay. no. Like it was a bit doppelganger. That's a good caveat. It is a good caveat. Alright. That's all we have for you. Thank you so much for joining us once again and spending a little bit of your time with us. Tune in next week. We will bring you more spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and recommendations for whatever we read. And until then, happy, happy reading! And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.